This week, I decided I'm going to do a, a special six-part series on the sci-fi series Channel Zero. And I will get into that, but first, this. The Slasher Sanitarium podcast is brought to you by the Questionable Endeavor Network. Please visit questnnetwork.com for information on all the podcasts available under the Questionable Endeavor Network. Visit the website for articles and streaming videos about wrestling, horror, gaming, and more. Check out our serial horror podcast, The Shadowbane Podcast. And if you are a fan of uh, all things geek and gaming, please check out my sister podcast, The Geek and Gamer Guild Podcast. If you're a fan of anime, check out Tuning Japanese, which should have a new episode up either today or tomorrow, or hopefully sometime very soon. Uh, if you're a fan of wrestling, we've got you covered. Check out the Rundown Podcast, which I will hopefully be on this week. Usually goes up on Thursday night or Friday. And uh, that is a weekly show reviewing the current WWE product. And um, also check out the Raw Attitude Podcast, which chronicles every episode of Monday Night Raw from the Attitude Era. Um, if you're also a fan of video gaming, please check out Pwn Stars and uh, our newest member of the Questionable Endeavor Network, the New Blood Rising Podcast, now taking care of ECW. Uh, email the show, the Slasher Sanitarium at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Slasher Podcast or like our Facebook page. Uh, please also visit patreon.com slash slasher podcast to support and keep the Slasher Sanitarium alive. If you wish to sponsor the Slasher Sanitarium, please head to www.advertisecast.com slash 824. All right, now let's launch right into this now. And uh, Channel Zero is a brand new anthology series um, that is uh, created by Nick and Tosca uh, for sci-fi. And what it is going to be is it will be, each season will be focused on a popular creepypasta. Now, if you don't know what a creepypasta is, uh, creepypasta is um, back when the internet was in its infancy. Um, there used to be a bunch of stories that were kind of shared around different sites like 4chan, uh, eventually heading over to Reddit as well. Um, they were copy and pasted, so they would be called copypastas. Uh, then any of the stories that were actually scary stories uh, turned into the creepypastas. And now it's kind of taken on a life of its own in so much as, you know, we've got, there's many podcasts about it. There are shows kind of based on it. And now we've got a show based particularly around uh, a certain a certain couple of them. Now, Sci-Fi has renewed this for a second, third, and fourth series already. Um, the uh, the first series uh, tackles Candle Cove, which is written by Chris Chris Straub. Um, really good creepypasta, actually. I suggest you go and check it out. Um, and as we'll we'll see in this first episode here, not going to spoil you for the series. Actually, um, I give you a little bit more uh, of a a clue as to what's kind of going on. Um, but they're they're definitely taking this in a very uh, interesting way. Um, the second season, which I may cover once that comes out, I believe next year, uh, will actually be based on the No End House by Brian Russell, which is not a very good creepypasta. It's it's decent. There's definitely some framework there, but considering what what uh, what we're going to talk about here with the first episode of Candle Cove, it's obvious that they're expanding on these things. Obviously, but they're going to need to since it's a six episode series. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, the first. Uh, season was actually executive produced by Max Landis, 
Um, so a little bit of star power there behind it as well. Um, Chris Straub has a lot of actually different um, different creepypastas out there. Uh, he's written a couple of books. I actually own a couple of his books as well. And um, he's uh, he's really good. He's one of the one of the better guys out there. And and he is actually um, a little bit more open than some of the other ones. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the creepypastas are meant to be read as if they are real stories, if they're really happening. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind if you do check it out. But uh, with that, we've got the very first uh, first episode here uh, called You Have to Go Inside. And the episode starts uh, in a talk show. And we get uh, America's child psychologist, Mike Painter. Um, and he is... Um, He's, we get that he has become a father, and we learn that Mike lost a twin brother when he was 12, uh, which would also make the twin brother 12, I think. Uh, Mike looks at a glass and sees that there's a fly swimming in it, um, so someone should definitely fire that PA. And we find out that in 1988 in Iron Hill, Ohio, five kids were, were murdered, and the killer was never found. Mike's brother Eddie was also killed by the serial killers. He was one of those five kids. Uh, Mike's father was out of the picture, and his mother apparently could not cope with losing a kid. Um, and I gotta say, this is actually a very decent way to get out some of the exposition that we have to get, um, because we get a lot of information thrown on us. But it's not—it's not like you normally get in a pilot where you get people who are saying uh, saying dialogue that they wouldn't say. This is a, a, you know a nice little interview thing. Uh, so Mike says he has not been back to Iron Hill since he left, and the host says he wants to do something interesting and reaches under the table. Instead of bringing out his dick, he actually brings out a phone and says he, you know, he's got a kid on the line uh, who is 12 years old and who has also recently gone through a tragedy. Uh, so way to fuck over your guests by just springing this on him. So Mike asks the kid to say his name. We get a very long pause before the kid starts to laugh and we hear some uh, Calliope music playing in the background and the kid says, Mike, why are you scared to come home? Mike looks down and sees a fly is dead. And that actually everyone in the studio is now frozen in place. Uh, he hangs up the phone, and as soon as he does, the phone begins to ring. Uh, the host then comes back to life and asks Mike why he is scared of coming home. Uh, we cut to something walking down the hall that is on fire. Uh, then we cut back to uh, Mike waking up in bed. Uh, so we start Channel Zero with a three-minute dream sequence. I fear that this will not be our last dream sequence. So we get a little montage of Mike getting ready. Um, we see a flash of a wedding ring, uh, so we you know we know that he from that is married, and we also see a picture of his young daughter, who we got that he was you know obviously a father. Um, but being as Mike woke up in bed by himself, I'm going to venture a guess to say that he is currently separated from his wife. Uh, so we get a bunch of shots of twins playing while Mike drives somewhere. Just drive it home, sci-fi. We get it. He lost a twin brother, uh, so. Um, Mike finally arrives at his destination, and he walks up to an older woman and a young girl standing over a dead bird. Uh, we find out that Katie is the young girl, and she is calling the woman Miss Marla, and we find out that Marla is Mike's mother. Um, so I guess what Mike wasn't that afraid to go back home, because we are like five minutes into the episode and he's already back home. So Marla straight out asks Mike why he is there. We get another cut of what appears to be Mike taking a knife to his forearm, uh, and we see a woman crying on the phone. So I can only assume that Mike probably like saw a spider in his arm and thought, I'm going to get this fucker, 
start stabbing at it. Woman's call 911 to report, hey, there's a scary spider in this house. We need to send, like, the SWAT team over. Um, so Marlo's pretty sharp to figure out that Mike is not there to see her, uh, but he is there to solve the murders that happen there. So we cut over to the police station, which is Mike's next stop, and he is talking to a female officer when Sheriff Gary Yolen walks in. Uh, Gary seems to know Mike, and we cut over to Gary talking to Mike about some baseball game from when they were a kid. Um, we learn Gary is a sheriff, and that um, <laughs> Gary starts to talk to Mike about an open investigation where some guy is breaking into houses and not stealing anything. I don't know why Gary would tell Mike this. I mean, what if Mike is the guy who's doing this? Because he doesn't know how long Mike's been back in town, and he doesn't, you know, he hasn't seen Mike in quite some time. Uh, Mike points out that this is something that, that uh, Charles Manson did, and um, while Mike wants to take a look at the files from the serial killer, we cut to a tree with some kids hanging from it. Uh, so not a great way to dispose of a body, but, eh, you know, a guy got away, so what do I know? But apparently killer, the killer actually also took their teeth before throwing them up in the tree. Uh, given how quick Gary was to tell Mike of an open investigation, I'm not sure why he hesitates to share info on a 28-year-old cold case, uh, but he seems to have a little hesitation. Um, Mike says he's writing a book, which may be a lie, but at this point, it's a pretty believable one. Um, and Gary just wants to know if it will be a good book. And what Gary means is if it will be a respectable book. Um, he also says that he will share the info with Mike, uh, but Mike needs to come to dinner. So Gary says he needs Mike's help with uh, Gary's kid because he, he believes that the kid is growing up strange. So we cut to dinner where Mike and a couple and another woman are at dinner with Gary and his wife. Gary's wife brings up Mike's dead brother, which is a dick move, especially like two minutes into the conversation. Starts to talk to Mike about watching hours of TV and playing a card game that is still going on because, you know, Eddie's dead and all. Uh, Mike leaves to go to the bathroom and we see a little girl watching a TV program. Now, here's where uh, readers of the Creepypasta will, you know, instantly recognize that the show is Candle Cove because we see a pirate skeleton uh, warm with a mustache and monocle and a kid that's dressed up as a pirate on a boat. Uh, we do get a flash of something, but I didn't quite catch it, but definitely these couple of little quick flashes um, are, are really ramping the creep factor up here. So Mike walks by and sees Katie again. Uh, Katie shakes his hand and tells him to be quiet. She looks at the TV and says that it went away. The TV's not black. Uh, Mike asked what she was watching, and we cut to commercial. When we're back, uh, Mike walks over to the table and asks everyone if they remember Candle Cove. Uh, he says uh, the show was on for two months, from September uh, to October of 1988. Um, and he says that Katie said that she was watching it. Uh, Jessica, who is Gary's wife, asks why they would uh, re-air Candle Cove, and we get one of the dinner guests asking what they are talking about. Jessica says she had a nightmare that the puppets in the show were just standing there screaming, and the bald friend says that was an actual episode. Uh, Baldo then asks if they remember Jawbone. I think it's Jawbone or Jabo. It was kind of hard to, to differentiate there, but I'm going to keep calling him Jawbone until I hear something different because it makes sense. Jawbone was an old skeleton in a robe and a black hat who would uh, who would chase Pirate Percy around. Uh, Jawbone would say, when I catch you, I will skin your hide. At this, Mike jumps up and leaves. And we see Mike is walking, stops at the forest, staring off into space. We cut to the past. We have a shit ton of 
flashbacks in this first episode. And I think we're going to get a shit ton of them throughout this six episode arc here. Um, but I mean, it's, it's an important aspect of it. So we'll just kind of roll with it right now, but we uh, cut to the past and we see Eddie, uh, walking up to a bully. We see Mike's got a little bit of a black eye and we see that the other friend of that they have there who we'll find out later is Gary has a mark on his, uh, his cheek as well. So these two got the shit kicked out of him. And now Eddie is apparently going to, uh, try to defend him a little bit. <clears throat> So uh, Mike and the bully talk. Uh, I didn't catch what the bully said at first, but Mike tells, sorry, Eddie tells him to shove it up his ass and then shoves the kid. Uh, Then the bully, whose name is Gene, really, uh, takes down Eddie and asks Gary to come over and pin him to the ground. And Gary does this. Uh, The bully then breaks Eddie's finger and uh, lets him go. And I'm not sure why Mike is okay with Gary to this day, because that's kind of a dick thing to do. Um, seemed that Eddie was there to try to help Gary. So then we cut over to Mike and Eddie back at home. Eddie is sitting in the living room crying. Uh, Mike, uh, you know, these kids look a lot darker skinned than Mike is nowadays. Like they, they look almost, I mean, I don't want to sound racist, but they, they look almost to be Mexican or, or some other ethnicity than white. And Mike is pretty what milk toast. So not great casting on it because they don't, look anything like what I would expect Mike to look like as a kid uh, but the TV turns itself on and we see that Candle Cove is on the TV so back from another commercial and we see that Marla is in bed and then Mike is laying in bed awake and he hears the TV turn on uh, there is static on the TV which begs the question when the fuck does this show take place because static is not really a thing that exists any longer when there's you know there's, there's no um there's no input to the TV or or no signal going to the TV. It just cuts to either a blue screen or a black screen. Static's not really a thing that, that happens anymore with TVs. I mean, I guess if you have an old TV, which it looks like they have on this one, um, but we've seen, I mean, you know, we've seen, and we will see in this episode, kids staring at static on TVs that are new. That shouldn't happen. Um, but, I mean, it's supernatural, so give a shit. Mike turns the TV off and begins to walk back to bed when he hears Eddie call his name. And holy shit, what the fuck is that? (laughs) There's a full-on creepy skeleton in the corner of the room. Kind of slowly moves like it's breathing. And we see that uh, Mike kind of... Mike, younger Mike, is backing up out of the room, but older Mike is walking towards it. So Mike reaches out and actually touches Jawbone, as soon as he does, we cut to Mike standing in a field in daylight, uh, still staring at, at the woods where his brother was killed. So, um, cut to Mike and Marley eating breakfast. Uh, she says that he was sleepwalking, which apparently was something that both the kids did when they were younger. Uh, Mike notices that there is someone out in the woods standing still. We cut to Jessica seeing that Katie is not in her room. And then we cut again to Mike eating at a diner but i thought he was just eating with his mother so is he eating again or is this supposed to show that it's lunchtime i don't know but uh mike and some random bitch are talking um i guess this is a former teacher of his um but jessica hits the diner and recruits mike to help search for katie uh, we see the female cop from before is there to help uh, as is gary another flashback to mike and eddie walking through the forest uh they come up to the two bullies from before uh, Gene is kind of a one-note bully as he again brings up the fact that their dad, dad is gone. 
Uh, but Eddie stares down the bully, and this kind of, in, in classic 80s movie fashion, this causes the bully to back down because he just doesn't really want to fight. Um, but before him and his buddy Tim leave, Gene releases the dog. Um, I really hope this is one of the kids that's hanging from the tree. I know that sounds odd for me to wish that this uh, little kid is going to die. Kind of deserves it at this point because uh, him releasing that dog, that dog could, could tear Eddie's throat out and kill him. So the dog's barking at Eddie before it stops in the middle of the field, walks over to Mike, and lets Mike pet it. Um, we cut again. So I, again, a lot of these flashbacks, we get little little bits of some of strange things, but you know, so I don't know. I'm hoping that we find out some more about it on on why the dog just suddenly was fine with Mike and came over. Seemed kind of scared of Eddie, to an extent. Uh, but we cut over and Gary starts to question Mike and seems to think Mike had something to do with Katie being gone. Uh, apparently Jessica also shares a thought as um, she says that uh, Marla said that Mike didn't come home till 3 o'clock last night. Uh, Mike says that Candle Cove may have something to do with Katie disappearing. Uh, he says the show was on during the murders, and as soon as the show was off the air, the murders stopped. Um, and it's kind of sound logic because we do know that Katie says she was watching it. Um, but apparently you know, Jessica doesn't want to hear anything of it. Um, and she says that Mike was released from a psych ward three days ago. So apparently Marla needs to keep her fucking mouth shut because that's not really information that I'm sure Mike wanted getting out. Um, but Mike says he had a psychotic episode. Uh, Jessica turns around to call for Gary and turns back and Mike is gone. Uh, Jessica really needs to keep a better eye on people because she's bad at it. So uh, Gary sends everyone to look for Mike. And then we cut to Gary's other child who is apparently home alone. So terrible fucking parents you lose one kid and you leave the other one sitting there at home where anyone can grab him uh, mike comes to the door and uh, asks the kid you know where katie was going and he says that katie told him she's going to the crow's nest so mike goes to try to find his dad's gun marla says she got rid of it uh, so then we cut again to mike with a knife in his hand and he is going to find katie um, this also is inter intercut with um, images of young Mike digging a hole in the forest. So just more mystery upon mystery getting thrown at us. So Mike is heading to where they found the bodies 28 years ago. Here in a cloak standing near Mike with a jawbone mask on. As Mike starts walking up to it, he reaches out to grab it, but the figure grabs him instead, and Mike slashes his knife at him. Personally, jawbone off it takes off running. Mike chases, and they reach a cliff. Now the figure is gone. And Mike hears a noise from nearby, and we get a quick cut of someone diving off a cliff from the past. And we see that Jawbone was on the other side of the cliff during that episode. Uh, Mike, ch where am I? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Eddie is shown with a hook in his chest, and he falls back. So, And then we see, I think, another kid possibly hurt as well. I didn't catch if it was the bully. I hope it was, but I'm not sure. But, yeah, we get a bunch of quick little cuts uh, of kids, I believe, dying here. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear the whole story on this in the coming episodes. So we just get little flashes of it right now, uh, which, which is fine. This is the first episode. Um, but so through all of that, um, Mike finds Katie. She's alive and well. Um, Mike picks her up, and they walk away from the from the rocks. And then we get a lingering shot of the rocks with nobody there. And 
great use of building tension because it got to the point where you're like, okay, I know something's coming. And what comes is a humanoid figure on all fours. And it crawls up from behind the rocks. Doesn't seem to have a face at all. And then we get to a close-up of, of two small teeth lying on the rocks. We see a hand come in, and the figure is actually made of teeth, or at least covered head to toe in them. He, she, whatever the fuck it is, uh, grabs the teeth, and then we cut over to Mike sitting in the police station. Um, check that, he's actually sitting in a jail cell. Um, not sure why, he found your daughters, you dicks. Um, Gary asks Mike how he knew how to find Katie. Um, and we find out that Katie is missing a few teeth. Well, we know where they are. The teeth monsters got them. But uh, Gary lets Mike out. Katie said she went by herself and the TV told her to go. Uh, so pretty solid evidence that Mike didn't really have much to do with it. Uh, I get, you know, to be a little skeptical, but, you know, maybe treat the guy a little bit better because he did, he did find your daughter. And, you know, eh, I don't know. I, I, I guess. We'll see. Uh, but Mike sees Baldo grab his jacket and leave the station. The guy seems a little, little distraught. Um, not sure what's going on there exactly. But as Mike leaves the station, Jessica comes up to him and is a complete gunt to him. Uh, she makes it seem that Mike, Mike staged the whole thing. Um, I would not be that big of an asshole to someone to save my kid. I'm sorry. Mike admits that there's no book and that it has been calling to him. And this is how we explain his mental break, that Mike actually carved Mike come home into his arm. Um, we see him kind of dabbing argument on it as Marla enters the room and doesn't seem at all surprised that Mike has this written on his arm. So Mike asks Marla if she remembers Candle Cove and if she ever, if she ever saw it again. Marla's rather confused by the question. She kind of laughs it off. And then says, uh, asks him, who made it up? And Marla reveals that Mike and Eddie were not actually watching a TV program. They were sitting in front of the TV watching TV static. Um, she says that the whole thing was up and made up in their heads. And so then we cut over to three kids watching Candle Cove on the TV. And the, the little worm guy with the mustache monocle wants Percy to go into a cave where Jawbone is. We cut over to Mike lying in bed, gets a call, and it's Eddie. He asks where Mike is going as they are just getting started. And that is the end of the first episode. And um, I must say, I was uh, I actually enjoyed this episode a lot. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the issues I think that we're, I'm going to run into with my uh, my recaps of it is this is a, a 40 minute episode. I think most of them will be, so I believe that uh, the majority of these are going to be kind of shorter, which um, I think is actually going to be okay, um, simply because of the fact that, you know, this doesn't have to be, uh, you know, uh, I, I know that my movie ones seem to be a lot longer, uh, but I'm okay with doing a couple of these shorter episodes for shorter um, TV episodes. Now, um, in terms of the series, I'm very interested to see where it's going to go because uh, anyone who's actually read the Creepypasta or who are going to read the Creepypasta um, will find out that this is this first episode actually encompassed the entirety of the original Creepypasta. That was the big twist was that, you know, at the end of it, it's it's found out that even though these people kind of all remember it, you know, a couple, a couple of these friends, 
um, that, that, you know, one of them says, hey, my mom told me that there was no show. I was just sitting there watching Static. So we've already got that, that twist on it, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see how they're, how they're, they're going to do it. It, it. it seems like they took the base idea of it and were like, we can build an entire series around it, uh, which I'm really anxious to see what will happen, um, <clears throat> which I wanted to wait too long because I have all the episodes. And um, I'll be watching the second episode uh, hopefully this week or sometime next week so I can start cranking out these episodes rather quickly. Um, and I do have to still work on the uh, Geek and Gamer Guild and get another episode of that because I am currently following uh, Westworld. So I'll have episode two of that out sometime soon. Uh, just a matter of watching the episode and recording one of these. Um, so with that, uh, you know, please go and check out uh, the out the second episode of Candle Cove and uh, get ready for my, you know, my podcast episode on it coming out sometime soon. Um, but otherwise... You know, go to questonnetwork.com, check out all our other episodes, and I will see you again very soon.